So the things that I would ask myself on Friday are, how do I want to feel? That's where we start with everything that we're planning in flow. It's it's like, how do I want to feel next week? Like, what is the focus of next week? And really being clear about that. And, and it's different from week to week. And that's really important, especially for women. You know, we have this whole cycle thing going on. <laughs> so literally weeks are different. And there are certain weeks where we have a lot more energy and certain weeks where we have a really low energy. Hey, Fit Moms. Welcome to another episode here on the Fit Mother Project podcast. Today, I'm joined by a great guest expert by the name of Mia Moran. Mia is a mom of three and a coach who has struck her perfect balance between motherhood, wellness, and work. And she now supports high-achieving female entrepreneurs and Fit Moms who are overwhelmed with life and wellness pieces, and she helps them find their version of balance. She's the host of the Plan Simple podcast, best-selling author of Plan Simple Meals, and the creator of the Flow Planning Method, the Flow Planner, and Flow 365. So Mia, I'm super excited to have you on here. And I guess we go back a couple of years now. I've known about you. I was on a summit of yours many years ago, and it's fun to come full circle and have you on our Fit Mother community. The ladies listening to this are in our Fit Mother program primarily, but maybe some not. And so they're no stranger to living intentionally and planning and creating structure in their life that moves people from clutter to organization and clarity where they can like take action and enjoy the process. And in my mind, and I said this before we hit record, you are like the queen of planning. You understand this is such a deep level through your own personal struggles of getting to where you're at now, where you actually professionally help people like get organized and kick butt in life. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and a little bit of backstory about how you got to where you're at. And then I want to get into some of your best tips on how we can get more organized, get more clear, especially heading into the new year and this kind of time where there's a couple areas we want to juggle, how we can really get focused and organized. Awesome. Well, you might have to ask me a few questions in the middle of that, but I think I got it. (laughs) So thank you, first of all, so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be here and to be here with your audience. It's an honor. And so basically this all started... So I have three teenagers now. I don't know if we put that in the thing, but three teenagers. And it started when I had three kids under five. And at the time, I've always been an entrepreneur, but at the time I actually had a design company. And I had sort of like... I had checked off all the boxes. At the time, I was I think I was in my early 30s. I had three kids. I was, I still am married to the guy I met in high school. We had bought our first house. Like I really had checked off all the things, except there was this one day when I remember being at my desk and looking across at like 2:30. And I was in the habit of going home at around three to like switch from being entrepreneur to mom. And I remember just looking at this stack of like seven coffee cups from Starbucks and being like, oh my God, first of all, how have I been to Starbucks so many times today? Second of all, like I was always told that caffeine made you have a lot of energy and I'm freaking exhausted. So that was kind of like my, my, my breaking point of like something needs to shift. And I didn't know what was going to shift on that day. Um, but what ended up shifting was I called the babysitter and I was like, you know what? There's this thing that is now becoming like there's this new studio in my neighborhood. This was like, so this was like 13 years ago. So it was before I know now there's a yoga studio on every corner, but this was like at that time when there wasn't a yoga studio on every corner. And sometimes you had to go to kind of weird places to get yoga, but they were starting to come. And so one had just opened and I was like, I'm going to go to yoga. And so I went to yoga and 
that sort of just started this whole thing of I I cleaned up my food pretty quickly. I healed myself of things that I didn't even know were broken. I just had like really bad allergies, ear infections. I released 60 pounds. Like just all these things happened by changing my food. And I was like, oh my God, like why had no one told me this? And so, you know, this is, I'm really truncating a sort of a longer story, but the, 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 the transformation was pretty quick. Like I would say within a week, I was telling people like, oh my God, I feel like I've just gone through 15 years of therapy in like five days. I just, I couldn't believe how different I felt. And then, you know, I, I had to get in the habit then of, of creating the food. I was not a cook. Like none of this was part in my wheelhouse at all. And so I went on this journey and eventually I knew I wanted to bring my kids along because at the time, you know, I kept feeding them junk. And, you know, then I was like, okay, the kids need to come along. And somewhere in there as an entrepreneur, I decided to interview the sort of food gurus at the time. This was before we could do podcasts and all that. And so I just started talking to them and, you know, whoever would take my calls, I ended up like writing blog posts and articles for a magazine about it. And what really surprised me was I learned so much about the food and every single one of them told me that they're grown kids because somehow the ones who took my calls were these older gentlemen. (laughs) Um, And none of their kids, like all their kids went on to eat McDonald's. And I was like shocked. I was like, how can you have this whole empire of like goodness and then like not pass that on? So then I sort of got into the parenting part and long story short, that led me to this book, writing this book called Plan Simple Meals, which was really about how to integrate food into family and really create situations where your kids were wanting to eat healthy food and you were wanting to eat healthy food and nobody was sacrificing what they were eating because they were a kid or because they were a mom eating what the kid was eating or whatever it was. And so that book, I took on a book tour. I took my kids out of school for a year actually. And we went on a book tour and I met many thousands of women. And I started off actually on your coast. I started off in the West coast and I just remember thinking, like (laughs) looking out in the audience and being like, these women definitely know more about kale than I do. Like, what on earth am I doing here? And so I just started talking to everybody and I realized that, well, there's many people who do amazing things and teach about food, but I, I really realized that wasn't my thing. And what I was really good at was looking at their schedules and just being like, okay, the reason that you're not doing this is because you can't get off work you know, get home five minutes before you, you know, you said you needed to have dinner, have dinner, sit down, be relaxed. Like literally how the way things are stacking together, you couldn't do the things that are on your to-do list. And so that really became what I started studying was how we navigate time, how we think about what we can fit into a day and how we really weave together all those pieces of our health and the food we want to eat and how we show up as a parent or a mother how we do work. And the fourth part of that for me is also just like that idea of creating space and, and sort of spirituality. And like, how how do we even understand, like, you know, how did I understand on that day that like my next step was to go to yoga? And I think that's hard. It's hard to get those sort of quick hits of download when we're rushing from thing to thing. So those are sort of the four areas that I like to think of. And that's what brought me today to talking a lot about planning. Wow. (laughs) What a condensed and beautiful journey. Really powerful. I'm glad you were able to share that in such a concise, uh, effective way. When you mentioned like the planning of the simple meals, I want to start there. 
especially on the family aspect, because I think a lot of ladies listening to this are making changes with their own nutrition. They have a schedule that works for them. They're thinking about schedules. How do, in your philosophies, how do you start to get a family on board and how do you make this a much more cohesive aspect? Let's talk with nutrition and meal planning first. Okay. So for me, it was really about breaking it down and getting really honest about like what each part was. And when I really started, and I feel like this is true. I mean, I've worked with enough women that I feel like this is true for a lot of people. Like most of us aren't sitting down as a family for breakfast or for lunch, right? A lot of times for lunch, our kids are at school, we're at work, like everyone's in different places. So for me, the first thing was just really like honoring and understanding that I was alone for breakfast and lunch. So that was such a great time. If I'm not, you know, if there's no intermittent fasting involved and you're having breakfast, um, that was such a good time for me to just really eat whatever I needed to eat to fuel my body. And for a long time for me, that was smoothies and and a huge salad for lunch. And, And that like I could always do that. And so really like, and I also have a few kids with food allergies. So for them as well, lunch was something where I could do different things. And the one who like wanted to have things that the others was allergic to could have them at lunch. Whereas I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to serve everybody their own dinner. So really realizing that breakfast and lunch could be our own thing. And one of the most important things of, of anything we do, but this is tr- very true with food too, and women very often forget this, is that I definitely think the most important thing is to put our own oxygen masks on first. So I find a lot of times, even when women are trying to get healthy, we're still thinking about the kids first. Um, and we we make a lot of sacrifices that way. So even though our gesture is to want to get healthy, we're still thinking about getting them healthy first and we're not really healthy. And so then we're not able to hold the boundary. So for sure, even if you just do the best you can with the kids, but spend three months just really getting clear on how you feel well and you eating, I don't think that's ever time spent badly. So that's for sure. And then dinner is really, I think, magical. I think dinner is the magic time. Me too. For so many reasons. So it's magical because we're all together. You, if you know, if you make that a priority, you can all be together. And so instead of like nagging or whatever, you can really be modeling. So you can really be modeling food. It also, you know, it's it's such a good like it's such a good practice of coming together after a day where everyone's been apart to to come together. And I just think it's a beautiful time for parents to understand what's happened in a kid's life or, you know, to really hear all the things. So there's just so many wins to me about sitting down for like the 35 minutes that dinner takes. Like to me that, that can just, I don't know, it just makes a huge impact. And I, I wrote about that in the book when my kids were little. And I have to say that my two oldest, my first one just went to college this year and he wrote his essay about it. He wrote his college essay about family dinner. That's profound. I was wow. like, oh, I guess yeah. this did make a difference, yeah. you know? And and so, so I think it really hit them. And about modeling, one of my favorite, favorite um, meals is grain bowls or, or, you know, vegetable bowls or whatever you want to call them. But Um, where you pick a grain, usually we do a lot of quinoa and brown rice in our house and you pick a protein and you have like three vegetables and you separate them out and sort of serve them. And what I found was when my kids were little, they would put the rice and the beans in their bowl and not much else. But I would put, you know, the beans and the vegetables in my bowl and like the sauce. And over time, 
everybody started eating everything. So it was like this cool thing that like everything technically was like sort of good for you. (laughs) You know, there was nothing that was blatantly bad for you, but it really allowed everyone to grow their taste buds and like see the modeling and have their piece. And still to this day in my house, I have three vegetarians and two meat eaters. So it still is a great way to like for everybody to have their, their part and just, just sit down and have that time together and not be popping up, not be serving them, like just be sitting and having that meal. And I really don't know what else we can do that has that much benefit on the other side, emotionally, socially, nutritionally. Like, I just feel like it's such a win of a time. Totally. And like deeply ancestral too. I mean, it's so like we're together sharing food, decompressing, feeling safety of our tribe of our closest family. And I think everyone listening to your idea of these green power bowls is going to really relate that to what we teach on perfect plates. Take a plate of food, half veggie, quarter protein, quarter healthy carbs. It's just in a bowl format, but I love that people can kind of choose their own adventure a little bit too. Well, and and you as an adult can really feed yourself well. Yeah. And knowing that the kids are getting nutrition, but like they might not need to have that exact, you know, breakdown because their bodies are a little bit different than ours. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Well, how do you approach meal prep and how do you approach the amount of direct planning on what's for dinner? Is it laid out the week ahead? Do you have go-to foods and meals? Like what, what do you think works best for you? And what do you think works for best for someone who might not be quite as on the game as you needs a little more flexibility? What are the core practices? Yeah. So like the most important thing is to know in the morning what's for dinner in my book. So what happens is if you have a little kid, if you have like, no matter what age your kid is, there's some behavior that happens right before dinner if you don't know what's happening. So a teenager acts out, a little kid says they hate all the food you make, like something happens if you're not grounded. And it's a really easy time to get ungrounded because we're all tired. Kids are tired, we're tired, it's the end of a long day. So I find that knowing in the morning what's for dinner or, and, and I'll, I'll explain like really what I do, but like at minimum, just knowing in the morning what's for dinner, having decided that is huge because if you're missing something, you can get it while you're out. There's no drama before. While you're making breakfast, you can chop an onion. Like there's so many ways that you can sort of move things ahead and not feel behind when dinner comes. Feeling behind, I find, is a really hard thing when it comes to making meals for family, it tends to throw people off and just throw them into like their own emotional spiral. That's not so great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's one thing. But the other thing I do, like my, the real practice that I aim for is um, in, in our world of my programs, we plan on Fridays for the next week. And I do that for a few reasons. Cause, and it's one of the reasons why I don't only do food anymore. So we're planning the whole week, like our work, you know, what we're doing in our personal life, our workouts, you know, who has to be when, you know, what kid has to be when, where, you know, all the things and the food, because one of the things, like one of the reasons that I got so into planning holistically is that on that book tour, I realized that like we plan our work on a calendar, but a lot of our life happens on all these lists and the lists are never managed in time. So we have these like huge aspirations to go to the farmer's market and have fresh vegetables and like order this thing and have these family dinners, but they, they don't logistically work in our life. So I love planning on Friday, understanding what my week is. And in, in the flow planning process, we go through this process. That's a couple fold. So first we're really tapping into, you know, what we know to be true. And I think everybody knows 
what they need. And that doesn't always mean that you know everything. It could mean that, you know, one Thursday you were struggling a little bit and Dr. Anthony's email came in and you're like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to eat. So it doesn't mean that you know everything, but it means you're trusting like the breadcrumbs that are coming to you as to what you're supposed to do versus you're driving in the radio and you hear like paleo is the new thing. Oh my God, I have to try that, which is more coming from the frenetic outside. So I think we all have to start from this place of like, we're grounded. We want to eat well, like this is happening. And then the easiest way I think to meal plan is to just write out like, okay, I'm going to need like this many vegetables. I'm going to need this many proteins. I'm going to need these grains. Just like write them out. I find the more we go to recipe books, the more we're creating a restaurant. So I like to keep things really simple. Um, but I sort of write, like I know like a, a, a like I can put together like a brief, like a, a, a quick idea at this point because I practiced a lot. Like I know that, you know, salmon, I, I like to make in an Asian style. So often that goes with like a bok choy because it's, that's an Asian vegetable, right? So like I've sort of gotten like that, but you don't even have to be that way. I sort of do them all out. And then I look at like how I'm going to make it. So you're living in a warmer place than I am right now. I live in a cold place. So right now for us, this is soup season, right? And soups are, you know, they're easy to like, you have to chop all the stuff, but then you can cook them. Same with bean dishes. Instapots, right? Things like this. Yeah. Instapots, like, you know, different things take different amounts of time. I find like sometimes roasting is a little bit more hands-on time, like prepping everything. So what I do is I plan out my week, like I plan out the foods, but then as I plan out my week in time, I look at the days and I'm like, oh, Monday is like crazy pants. You know, Monday in my life, I coach a lot. My kids have something after school. There's not very much time. So I definitely benefit from having cooked Monday's dinner on Sunday. So like, I know that. So it's like, what would be good the next day? Like roasted salmon and bok choy wouldn't be my favorite the next day, but a soup would be fine. Right. And so I really start planning based on what's happening instead of just like randomly putting it, if that makes sense. And that really helps me. And so it's like, really acknowledging which days are busy and need things either made in advance or need things that are quick. And also which days have more space because the days that are more space have are an opportunity for me to spend a little bit more time in the kitchen. And that took me a longer time to understand as someone who like, wasn't sure I loved the kitchen, but, but it's really helped me to be like, Oh, like everyone's home at three. Like I could end my work day this, this, this day a little bit earlier. And I really do have an hour before dinner that I could like be in the kitchen making something super great. And that's the day I'm going to put the harder thing to make. Brilliant. If you're over to it, I want to reflect back some things you said, just like some key points. And I also want to kind of open with this quote that seems relevant. It's probably from some, some more general of sorts and says that planning is the important thing. Like the plan can change, but the action of planning means that you are consciously ahead of time trying to grease the wheels of the gears of your life. Some things that I think were really stood out to me is lists are not in time. So by doing this Friday practice of looking at all the things you want to get done and actually slotting them into the calendar, insofar as you might do it for a business, 
is key. And then understanding the types of days. You have like binary. There's like super busy days or days with like more open space. And then you might calibrate the kinds of things you do. Open space days, those might be days where you get a workout in if, you know, a better day than a busy day, but also maybe easier meals. And the benefit of that is you get a routine that feels more smooth. Like your super busy, crazy pants Monday is benefited because your Sunday meal is easy. And so everything feels better. And then you feel more restored because those pieces are integrated because the meal is integrated with that busy day. And then you probably show up better on Tuesday as opposed to like allowing like frustration and sticking points and friction to like build up. And the fact that this is also holistic too, I love because nutrition feeds into your work, feeds into the stuff you do with your family and your kids. So it's like also holistic. So without giving away the secret sauce, and I know there's been a lot of people who listen to this who want to actually get into both your free programs as well as potentially your paid programs as well. What are some questions that fit moms can ask themselves on Friday in a couple of these categories to start doing and practicing some of your concepts? Yeah. So I think, let's see. So, well, one other thing that I want to say for anyone who's tr- who's like overwhelmed by what you would pick per day is that something that I sort of skipped over is a sign. Like, so I always have a busy Monday. So I might realize that on the first Monday that Monday's busy. And then it's the second Monday and I realize it's busy, but I always have a busy Monday. So I always make beans on Monday. That's like, we always, it's not the same beans but I always have beans on Monday. So I find the concept of creating a rhythm is really helpful. And then you're just like slotting in a thing. Like I might always roast thing on the day I go to the farmer's market, which is on Wednesday. So that's another way to look at this. If you're like, I don't even know what to choose. Smart. Right. And it ends up, you get more variety that way. So the things that I would ask myself on Friday are, how do I want to feel? That's where we start with everything that we're planning in flow. It's it's like, how do I want to feel next week? Like, what is the focus of next week? And really being clear about that. And, and it's different from week to week. And that's really important. So one week, I might be like starting a new fitness thing. And so I really want to feel organized or I really want to feel healthy, right? Another week, I might know I have a huge work week and I just want to feel productive at work. And so that doesn't mean that I want to sacrifice my food, but it means that my focused feeling is around the productivity around work, especially for women. You know, we have this whole cycle thing going on. (laughs) So literally weeks are different. And there are certain weeks where we have a lot more energy and certain weeks where we have a really low energy. And so when we try to make every week the same, sometimes we feel like we're not being success. But, you know, I could look at my week ahead and be like, oh, interesting. Like next week, I know I'm going to be in my tired phase. So really what I want to feel next week is ease. And so I I take that feeling into the week as I'm making choices. So all planning is, it's not like you're, you're losing all your creative forces. It's actually really freeing, but all it is, is making choices in advance. And, and the, the cool thing about planning is that you can control your mindset. So I can control my mindset on Friday. So I could do a practice before I sit down to plan to like just take three deep breaths and feel super grounded. And just by doing that, I'm literally using a different part of my brain than I would be using at 6 p.m. making dinner under stress, right? So I like literally it would be the same night, but I would make different choices about what I would put in my body because I'm like making choices from that calm space in my brain. So really understanding how you want to feel for the next week, I think is like first thing. Second thing um, is 
just calm, like being as calm as you can when you sit down to plan so that you can, you're not planning from a place of lack, which can be a really big truth for women who are on a weight loss journey or on a health journey, because we feel, you know, we feel like we're behind or we feel like we haven't done it right. Or we feel like we're always doing it. And so if you can get to a place just for the planning, just for the 30 minutes that you sit down to plan, if you can get to a place of like, I'm on a fun journey or, you know, this is really, this is my, this is my, I'm going to plan for my future self who knows that this is what I'm supposed to be doing next week. And sometimes I say planning is a gift from our past self to our future self so that we can actually be in the now when we land there. So just really calming yourself down before, before you plan. And then really thinking about all the categories when you're planning your food. So you're thinking about your food and your, and sort of wellness stuff in general. Um, You're thinking about all the stuff that might be going on in your life. You're thinking, and you're thinking about your work all like all in one sitting all together. Um, And then that the process for all three of those things is that you're sort of, you've already gotten centered because you've done those two things of breath and deciding how you want to feel. And then the first step is that list making phase. And and women are generally pretty good at this. Like, I'm just going to make a list of all the things. Like, these are the things I could eat. These are the exercises I want to do. This is the work project I have. I need to buy this present for this kid. I need to do this thing for this kid. Like, it doesn't even need to be in the right order yet. You just want to get it all out of your head and onto paper. Yep. You do a total brain dump and then you take that brain dump and you look at your calendar and you move things from the brain dump into time. Like that's, that's the missing trick for most of us. And the thing about doing it then on Friday is that then if you're disappointed that you can't fit everything, you can be disappointed and you can make choices and you can get, and you can move yourself up the emotional ladder before the week even starts to not be disappointed. Like, right. And have a good weekend. So you're not on yeah. the back foot either because that's a time where people oftentimes blow it up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason I love doing it on a Friday is because it enables you to either. I also always, a lot of times. So when you're doing this for multiple weeks, sometimes what we, I do usually start with is a review of the week before. So you can sort of see where you got to um, assess and you can assess if there's anything you need to bring into the weekend, or you can decide that there's not. And then as you're planning your next week, you can see, is there anything I need to do on a weekend? So if I'm having a super busy week next week and I really want to eat healthy, I might spend three hours in the kitchen on Sunday, getting everything prepped. Right. If I'm have a, 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 you know, if I know I'm traveling on the weekend and the next week is kind of calm, then I would plan in a way where I knew I had an hour every evening to like get dinner on the table and sit down. Right. So it's like, we have so much more choice usually than we feel a lot of times in the moment, I would say, especially around food. Yeah. Honestly, brilliant. And it's a form of self-love. This planning is a form of self-love because we're living, yeah. it is in conjunction with what we consider to be our higher inner path from our own guidance. And then that feels good. That's inherently motivating to be doing that. And then you get this positive momentum loop, which is brilliant. One other thing that I think is like interesting is like how, like your kids, were you ever playing sports with them or are they going out to like on the go? Did you have like go-to fast food, kind of a healthy menu options, like pre-planned, like what happens in those kind of scenarios? Or maybe that wasn't a part of your family life. Well, so we didn't do too much fast food, but one of the things for the, especially for people who are breaking like a, a cycle of a lot of takeout is the, the difference in getting takeout or doing food out when you are, have failed to get home for dinner, <laughs> 
is very different than deciding the Friday before that on Tuesday, it's going to be too busy and you're going to go get burritos. Because from that place, you're making just a much more conscious choice about what you're having, where you're going to get, how it's going to work. You're going to be more relaxed. And we haven't talked about this as much, but like your attitude during dinner, I think is equally as important as what you're- It's not guilty anymore. It's You're in it. You're experiencing yeah. it and this is chosen. Yeah. So even if you like don't make any switches to being home for dinner, just even planning where you're going out and how that's working for the following week could be step one. And that will feel, I think it will feel very different than the constant rush of like doing it because you feel like you're not capable of doing it, you know, of going home and cooking, cooking a meal and and you can just make different choices. Well said. I also think the fact that you do this on a repeated basis on Fridays makes a ton of sense too, because you get tighter feedback loops. Like you don't get to the point where you've drifted off into no woman's land for two months and you're off your thing. It's like, you've had these check-ins and there are going to be weeks where they didn't necessarily go as planned or you deviated or whatever, but like you have the chance to like course correct in tighter windows. And in my opinion, this health stuff is like an iterative game. It's like, how long can we do things and make choices in the right direction more often than not for the rest of our lives? It's not about being perfect. Obviously it's about right direction. And it seems like this is the guardrails for conscious, healthy living that's integrated with a lifestyle that also with a healthy life in all the categories. So I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I'm not, so I started with the day one, like in case you can't get to the week one, but I actually also do it the other way. So I very, I usually have a morning practice and my morning practice involves looking and sort of like redeciding, recommitting to what I decided is for dinner. And I can change my mind. Like, so if something came up and I know it's going to be busier and I'm not going to have the time I thought, then I can change. It's hundred percent okay to change my mind. And, and I'm just going to replan in the morning. So I think like, I think we feel like a lot of times we feel like planning is really setting it and, and forgetting it. But I think it's more of like an organic process of like, you've, you've given yourself a contain, like you've given yourself, um, a structure that's really comforting. Um, and then you, you keep checking in, you need to keep checking in with the structure. Yeah. To allow it to flow. Cause you call it flow yeah. planner. It's not like rigid planner, exactly. it's flow planner. And, and the objection someone might be having here is, but Mia, this seems like a lot of things to do. Like, how, doesn't this take a lot of time? So my direct question is you, how, how much time, 30 minutes on Friday, give or take, how much does your morning planning session take? And how much do you think this actually saves you time in the opposite perspective? Okay. So I think it saves a ton of time and I'm going to totally mess up the math right now, but basically there's been studies that people literally think about what's for dinner for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour a day. That's like a lot of thinking time. And if you add that up, I think it comes out to like, I don't know, three or four weeks of vacation a year. (laughs) Like if you were like add it into eight hour days. So we just get lost in the thought about like, just even thinking like, okay, I'm going to have that for dinner. Um, and well, actually now I don't feel like it like, oh, and I mess up at lunch. Should I still have that. So it's like just that, that practice of deciding something and sticking to it, I find is so helpful in, in freeing up brain space. Um, and so I personally think I'm saving a lot of time in, in, actually like meal prep and, and cooking and whatever by being prepped and shopping. I mean, I used to go to the supermarket like twice a day sometimes because I like, wasn't sure I had something and then I go get it. Like 
So I think I'm saving a ton of time in that when we, when we do this practice. But really what I'm doing is saving so much brain. Like it's, it's really to me more about energy and brain power. Right. So I feel like I'm a different person when I sit down at the table. I feel like I can actually sit down and have lunch by myself, you know, instead of eating, like rushing. I feel like there's time and there's energy and there's money. Like I feel like it hits all the things, right? It saves all those things, which just make it feel better. Yeah. And I can totally tell how this process just leads to less mental chatter, which means more peace and presence, which means you enjoy your life more, which means you feel more congruent on your path. So it's like all good stuff that happens from there. And would you say it's fair to say that if someone has an area of their life right now where they have this kind of repetitive mental chatter around, it could be food, it could be work, that there's a lack of planning or potentially an opportunity to invite more planning into that area? Absolutely. And absolutely. And what I would say is just remember that process of like dropping in to like, you know, your wisest self that's like definitely within you and your heart and not coming from the outside world, which is is hard. It's hard to quiet down enough to do that in this world. So that takes practice, but making sure you start from that place and how you want to feel, making sure that you do that part of getting out of your head and onto paper and then putting it into time. And then the fourth part that we didn't really talk about and is what you do in your program as well is, you know, a lot of like, I think that it's on all of us to make a choice. So like I needed to make the choice to be healthy. I'm sure there was people before that day who were telling me I should get healthy and maybe that's what was wrong. I wasn't listening to them. So I think we have to make those choices, but I think like a little bit, the the myth that was sold to us is that then we have to go about it all by ourselves. Right. And I think that that's where a lot of us fall, fall flat and it gets really lonely. It's, it's not fun. And then we talk ourselves out of it and go do, you know, go do the next thing. So I think finding accountability is really important, whether that's, you know, a friend or a group or like just somebody who, who isn't trying to tell you what to do is just there to witness yeah. um, and support what you're trying to do. Dang. I mean, you so beautifully said, I agree completely. It's really fun to develop with other people who are also in congruent vibe of developing and it, it brings out the best in us and we bring out the best in others. It's like humans together, like one plus one equals three or more, you know, we're not just the same in isolation. Exactly. It's, one plus one definitely does not equal two. Yeah. <laughs> at least when it sure. comes to human interaction, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I found this to be like profound and I hope people took away some of the specific questions, but I also know there's people who do like things all done out for them. And I know you have amazing like templates of the right questions asked, stuff to fill out and you have a free course. So I would love for you to tell people more about how they can engage deeper with you and get some of your free courses as well as paid courses. Give us the spiel because I know there's a lot of people who are going to be excited to check things out now. Awesome. So on our website, which is plansimple.com, which I'm sure you'll have in the show notes, we have a course called From Overwhelmed to Ease, which is free. And it starts with this idea of any season, week, day, whatever. The first step is really getting clear on how you want to feel. And it starts with the concept that actually overwhelm is a feeling, right? So overwhelm doesn't have to do with how many things are on your list. It has to do with how you feel about the one or 50 things that are on your list. It doesn't matter how many. Um, So we start off with feeling and it leads you through the process to getting to our daily sheet, which is 
a one page sheet that you can fill out every day, which is, includes what you're going to eat, includes how you're going to move and, and has a place to put it in time along with your work. So that's that course. And it has all of that sort of drawn out. And it's an, it's a audio book type, you know, it's a short audio book and written out and, and the planning sheet. So that is free for anyone to come get. Nice. And then the way that we, 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 a couple times a year, as Dr. Anthony said, cause he was on one of them, um, we do do summit. So I'm always looking to, you know, learn from people and, and really make time shorter when we can really make things more productive, learn from experts. But for the most part, the way that we work with people is I like to think of us as, as handholders. So, you know, when you decide you want to go on a health journey or you decide you want to start a company or you know that you really want to show up as a mom in a different way. Um, what, what we do in our paid program is really around being there at all parts of your week as you're planning. So Mm -hmm. we plan every Friday all together. On Monday, we have small groups where you come and you say like, these are the things I'm focused on this week. And you get witnessed, you know, when you get any questions answered, if you have questions, because sometimes we run into obstacles when we're, you know, going up that spiral and um, becoming the next version of ourselves. And then we have co-working sessions. So you can literally do the things with other people supporting you. So it's just like, it's, you know, it's on Zoom, but it's the closest I could be to like holding your hand in your home. And it's amazing, amazing what women can accomplish with that kind of support. I'm always floored by what happens. Powerful. Yeah. And I just want to give one more plus on this. It's like, Aligned action in the direction of our values and where we want to go is what moves our life forward. And these containers for action, which are accountability, which is our own commitment to structured programs like Fit Mother or like Plan Simple, is really what gets people the most consistent results over time. It's like a container that you can step into to take consistent action, get feedback, stay accountable. So... Awesome. Mia, thank you for like taking our planning game to the next level. I thought we had some good planning, but like there's 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 oh, levels the- to this. There's master <laughs> level planning here, which is really cool. And I urge everyone to check out the show notes. We'll also have links in the newsletter to this as well. Plansimple.com, free course. And if you really want to elevate a particular area, it's cool that you can bring that to Mia and her team and just get direct support on that. So Mia, thank you for sharing this. Thank you so much for having me. Especially during dinner time, which I guarantee you plan and prep for. And they're like eating all the things you put. Well, like, I'm actually smelling it right now. I'm like, I'm hoping it's not burning and somebody actually took it out of the oven while I was on the podcast. <laughs> Good. Well, let's you get back to dinner. Thank you so much for your time today. And I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. 
I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast. 